0: You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 103 of the College Loop Podcast. Daniel, we're now at 103 episodes. How you doing? How you feeling, buddy?
1: You know, I'm doing good, Dylan. Um, fall camp got racked up today. The Red Sox beat the Yankees 8-1. to uh, a lot of good stuff going on this weekend.
0: And, I mean, you're not wrong, but all, but there was one bad strand of news that came up. Cam Franklin has sadly committed to Ole Miss. Uh, and I'm not too hurt about it, I would, uh, but I do hate the fact that we were basically told the week uh, leading up to that he was an Auburn lock all the way through. So this offseason pretty much proved that NIL does not really care about crystal balls whatsoever.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a very good point. And whether or not Ole Miss actually has whatever amount of money they promised him remains to be seen. But for now, this one sucks for the Tigers.
0: And there are some rumors floating around that it could have been that he didn't want to wear Under Armour. Uh, Which, if that's true, uh, yeah, that's not a good look. Uh, for no. Under Armour whatsoever, and for Auburn being one of the wor- one, one of one of the one of the top schools in the Under Armour uh, contracts, I think Auburn's maybe in the top three of those schools. I think Notre Dame is one, and who else? I can't even think of another Under Armour. So there's another another Under Armour school in the SEC, is there? South Carolina, and yeah. is that it? Auburn and South Carolina. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Vanderbilt has Nike, and they have really nice uniforms so yeah and their athletes don't complain about their gear but that's neither here nor there but a couple of days ago we'll get into fall into fall camp in a second but a couple of days ago Peyton Thorne has been declared the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers for the 20 for, and for the bare minimum the start of the 2023 season and Daniel first initial thoughts on Peyton Thorne being announced a starter I know it's something we pretty much kind of expected but
1: yeah like you said pretty expected um I predicted Thorne would be the starter about a month ago. Um, nothing too crazy about that. But one thing that Hugh Freeze said at his press conference today that I was there for was that the last three practices since then are the best days Robbie Asford's had. So Robbie's still grinding and you know, and he also mentioned that Thorne had looked a little complacent over the last three. So you never know. I mean want will be the start week one but beyond that like everyone's got to keep working
0: yeah and uh you kind of went ahead into the week into those scrimmage thoughts for a second but because uh i love the fact that robbie ashford is not just going to back down from being the backup quarterback and it, it's kind of funny that robbie ashford's gonna start the season off he started off last season as the backup quarterback and he maybe will find his way back in the starting job like he did last season and and like you said uh robbie ashford is been working his butt off the last three practices uh, he is not I don't, he he didn't have a single turnover in today's uh stat line no nope. it, it's just kind of showing and telling of the kind of player that robbie asher is and yeah you can always bash the leadership ability or you can always bash the fact that he wears his heart on his sleeve but you cannot bash the bash his work athlete you cannot bash right. the kind of player he is uh, the heart that he carries whenever he stepped on the field we want the iron Bowl is the most telling factor of of his character and, and him as an athlete his ability to just put his body on the line mm-hmm. for a game that's already like set in, set in stone that it's a loss mm-hmm. he is still out there competing and trying and working really hard to try to get Auburn to win uh mm-hmm. and with Peyton Thorne starting off for the for for UMass and again we don't know what's going to happen after that but it's, it's worth mentioning that what do we think Peyton Thorne's 2023 season will look like uh, stat-wise and just playing-wise?
1: Um. Well, I think we'll have somewhere between 2,500 and 300 passing yards. Or, I I mean, um, feeling as 300 passing yards, something went very, very wrong somewhere. Um, maybe about – I saw at Michigan State, he kind of would bounce somewhere between 17 and 25 touchdowns. So, I'll go somewhere in there. Maybe about. I think it will double the touchdowns, the interceptions he has. Though that's a kind of bold prediction I'll make. Um, so I guess by that logic, probably about maybe, maybe somewhere between five and ten intercept. Or on a little. somewhere between seven and ten interceptions is kind of what I'm thinking for this year.
0: Yeah, and what I've been thinking, I've been looking around at what he, what he did at Miss, Michigan State. Almost at mississippi State, but what he did at Michigan State. And just the team that's been built around him, uh, wide receiver-wise, uh, I'm thinking around, I'm going to go 27 to 2,800 passing yards to, I want to say, it'd be hard for me to say anything above 30, but I want to say like 26 touchdowns to, I want to say like nine interceptions, uh, which is a great season for an Auburn quarterback uh, from the uh, looking over the past few years. And I, I think that we're going to see – I mean, we've been hearing that the pass protection has been pretty iffy, so he might have to be having to roll out a little bit. And I don't want to say he's going to get sacked a lot, uh, but I'll say, it, rushing wise, I would give him like he's got like 300 yards rushing, uh, with maybe like two or three tutties. And that's pretty for for a guy who's a pass first guy who has the ability to run. If if all if everything breaks down, I think that's a pretty pretty good stat line for a guy who. I mean, we've just been talking about the fact that he couldn't, he might not even be the starting job, have the starting job come Cal in week two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, and to talk about spring practice for a little bit. I mean, just going over what Hugh freeze talked about uh, from, from today's presser. I mean, Robbie Asher just is not going to sit down and take the backup position again. It's just not something that he wants to do. It's, he, he wants this to be his team. He knows that it can be. And he knows that he has the athleticism. I mean, R- Hugh Freeze even mentioned in Thursday's press conference that Robbie Ashford is the most athletic freak player that he has ever coached. Yeah. And that's a lot considering the fact that Malik Willis was physically gifted in what he could do with the football in his hands. And watching Robbie Ashford just go out these last few practices and just absolutely Show out, and I think he only—I think he had one turnover over the past three practices. I I think uh, because he back-to-back practices, including today, that he did not have one. And his stat line for today—I mean, just go Peyton Thorns is twelve for seventeen, two touchdowns, and one interception. Robbie Ashford eight of fifteen, two touchdowns for him. And then if you want to account for Holden Gurner, seven for eleven with no touchdowns for the Gurner. But the the what's the word I want to go here? The consistency. And the ability to get the ball to your receivers or get the ball out of bounds without having any turnovers is the key to, to all three of these guys. But from top to bottom right now, it looks like Robbie Ashford does have a good chance to where he could win this job by he could pro- I don't know how there's going to be practices in between now and fall camps over, but practices are still going to be going on. Robbie Ashford could still find a way to take this job back.
1: Yeah. Um, he definitely can. And I've kind of been along the thought line that this offense is going to be in such an experimental state probably for the majority of the season that Hugh Freeze and um, Phillip Montgomery are going to be plugging and pulling every which way they can and just finding what works. And I don't think the quarterback position is any different. Because um, he even said, Freeze even said today, like Thorne's going to have to play pretty good. Um, because the gap is real narrow, and you know you don't want to get caught falling behind if you're thorn.
0: Yeah, and uh, he frees his job right now is just finding a guy who can get the ball to these awesome receivers. And the first guy I want to talk about today, Shane freaking Hooks, dude. He I don't know if you saw that. If you have not, go to Twitter, Instagram, wherever Auburn football posted. Shane Hooks made a grab in the back of the end zone. He did. Uh, In the end zone, a one-handed grab that he showed off all six feet, four inches of himself to go up and grab that ball and snag it right out of the air. And, I mean, that just kind of shows. That guy has not been getting starting looks yet. Uh, And it looks like he is going to be seeing the field a lot uh, come September 2nd. But other wide receivers talk about Camden Brown, I think made a great grab today. Uh, it was not, It did not get out uh, to the media like uh, Shane Hooks did. And we had a couple of receivers who were still dealing with some injuries. Uh, Coy Moore, Malcolm Johnson, and Nick Mardner, all guys who were dealing with injuries and were not involved in the scrimmage today. But overall, I've heard all, all, but, I've not, I've heard all but bad things. I, I guess I've only heard good things about this wide receiver core,
1: which yeah. is awesome. Um, it's a position that Hugh Freeze said early on was going to need a lot of overhaul. Um, going into the season, they went to the portal. They got four quality receivers out of the portal from some great programs such as Ohio State and Cincinnati, um, as well as like Jackson State was pretty special last year. And throw in a Jair Shorter from the North Texas Mean Green, and I really feel like the receiver rotation with. I think Camden Brown's going to be a starter. I just still kind of feel that way. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a mix of those five
0: guys, heavy. Yeah, and I mean, it's worth mentioning some of the other injuries that Auburn is also dealing with. Uh, just shift over to the defense for a second. Uh, Jalen McLeod and Keldrick Falk did not participate today, both jack position guys, but I think Elijah McAllister kind of picked that up for, for those two being gone uh Austin Keys also was not participating today. Uh he was dealing with I believe a shoulder injury uh a few days ago so or last week. So this just, just keeping him uh from getting injured is how I read that, but this defense I, it, it's been very wishy-washy on good and bad things from this defense. Yeah. Uh from what I've been hearing Hugh Freeze is not like the fact that this team, this defense cannot stop the run unless the box is loaded. And that's not good for a defensive line that we've been pretty positive about. And the fact that I believe Austin Keyes not playing probably was a key contra- uh, contributor to the fact that the linebacker core is also just not very good outside of him.
1: Yeah. Cause like I was kind of expecting, well this the v- defensive backfield is going to be a strength. Um, the secondary, like everyone knows that. That's, we feel pretty good about that. Like you said, the defensive line, we thought we, we've all been pretty high on here. Um, and for good reason. Like they you know, have a lot of guys returning, picked up some good fresh talent, either through high school kids or the portal. And we kind of thought this linebacker room was going to be wishy-washy. But well, the front six is going to have to get it going
0: somehow. I mean, it's worth mentioning as well that on outside of the run defense, the pass defense was actually pretty good. Uh, they were getting pressure yeah. on the quarterback, and uh, the jack position was that's where they popped off the most. But most SEC teams you're going to be playing against, looking at Ole Miss, looking at Georgia, looking at Arkansas, and I believe Alabama as well. A and M are going to be teams that are going to be really heavy on the run. And I just named, uh, I believe, four of the or. I want. I think I named like six of the eight SEC teams we got to play this year. The SEC is a run-heavy league, and if if Auburn can't get a a, a team a front six put together that can shut down the run without having to put everybody on like in a gap, I mean it. It's going to be a rough year defensively. Yeah. And, and it's just, just look at the linebacker where you got to get Austin keys. Healthy. Keldrick Falk has got to be healthy. Jalen mccloud has got to be healthy. Cause those are all going to be guys who are going to contribute very much to this team. And I, just, I just really want to go through and watch. I would love to see if they have the scrimmage recorded anywhere. Cause I would love to see how this, how what linebackers are getting plugged in. Cause I, if Larry Nixon's not part of the run defense formations, then I don't know what's going on. Cause that's all he did at North Texas. i.e. Mm. the Auburn feeder school. That is the mean green. But I mean, and I've heard some things about uh, just how every position in the defensive back room is just. They, apparently, today was a very lax day. Like no one came in to the scrimmage with a very high motor. Is what I is what I heard. Did I hear that correctly?
1: You did. Um, Hugh Free said they came out flat. Um, he said the same thing at the last scrimmage, and he said the spring game was the same. Obviously, the weather, weather for the spring game was terrible. But he said maybe it has something to do with playing in a big empty stadium, just you know, eerily quiet in there. Um, but yeah, it is
0: something he addressed. Yeah, and, and I heard the defensive backs uh, they came out kind of lax, and then they kind of picked up towards the end. And it's and hopefully that is something that only has to do with how quiet the stadium is, uh, really. Yeah. Because if it's just if it's like a mood thing, then that's got to be fixed very quickly. Uh, I'm not scared of UMass, uh, and I don't think, I think Auburn will out-talent them no matter what, even if Auburn comes out <laughs> not wanting to play football that day. But Cal could definitely take advantage of an Auburn team that doesn't really have the motor. Uh, yeah. Sanford scared the crap out of Georgia last year, and that team went to the national championship. I mean, it, it's something that got has got to be fixed, and hopefully it's something that's kind of happened, uh, just because of an empty stadium. And another thing that we've been hearing about a lot is the fact that Auburn, they had SEC, oh, sorry, I hit my mic. Auburn had SEC officials in the scrimmage today, and apparently mm-hmm. either they were just trying to hit a quota or Auburn has a tendency to have a lot of fun, have a lot of penalties caught on them because apparently there was penalties galore. Uh, and apparently there were several big runs they were called back to the holding, and that's just not a good look right off the bat at all. Especially because, considering last year, it felt like a lot of Auburn, uh, Auburn all, all of Auburn's good plays in a bad season were called back because of some stupid call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: Freeze mentioned how flag happy the ref seemed. Um, so maybe they're just knocking rust off too. Maybe it's you know a discipline problem. Um, so we'll see, and hopefully Auburn can get, can get that figured out.
0: Yeah, but it is worth mentioning with all the negatives. That's all that w- that they really had to deal with. Some injuries, run defense was kind of, eh. Uh, several big, big runs were called back and penalties were just called out of the place. But a lot of good things. We mentioned Shane Hooks. We mentioned the fact, we got to mention the fact that they ran the ball extremely well. And that Brian Battee and Jeremiah Cobb both continue to impress his coaching staff. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb, I think I read, uh, it, it looks like he came from high school to college and did not skip a beat talent-wise. And that's something you'd love to hear for uh, for a guy who's, Hopefully, going to be redshirted, but I think it's going to be kind of hard to keep him off the field.
1: Yeah, um, I think he'll be redshirted,
0: but still, they will take advantage of the four games he can play in. And you're going to have to. And then also, but in fact, that Brian Batie has been announced as the starting kick returner. Something that we pretty much expected to happen. Uh, as soon as you pick up an All American kick returner, it's kind of stupid if you don't have him as that. And Keontae Scott was named as the punt returner, and Caleb Burton as well uh, as a guy who had a lot of hype around the punt uh, returning game. Keontae Scott kind of worries me though, because hopefully it's it was just an issue with the last administration, but Keontae Scott seemed to have a lot of muff punts last year.
1: Yeah, um, I could always feel him coming sometimes, like in the LSU game, I could feel that one coming. So, you know, he's had all offseason to prepare and. Hopefully, like you said, they got that ironed out.
0: Yeah, and Caleb Burton as well and his speed that we've been seeing throughout these uh, fall practices. I, I, I think Auburn could find a way to have some really, really good returns in the 2023 yeah. season. Uh, and we mentioned earlier about Peyton Thorne, Ashford, and Garner's sta- uh, stats. In fact, they didn't turn the ball over very well, very much. Uh, only one interception. Uh, great look. Uh, again, we mentioned the pass rush. And Isavion too tall, Miller. Has looked really, really good. The JUCO product from the 2023 class. Uh, I think he's what six foot six, uh, yep. like three something. Uh, has really been balling out, and uh, also Gunnar Britton, who might be playing a little bit of guard to start off the mm-hmm. season, which I was not expecting at all to hear that.
1: I was neither um, free set. He can play every position, and that flexibility really helps. Um, so, and you know, Britton's a very team-first guy. He'll do it. It takes to help win. So, hopefully, um, they can put together a group that can just really be effective and create lanes.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this O line can even be uh, just 0.5 percent better than last year's the last year's O line. That's already a tremendous step up. Because last year, I feel like, was bottom of the barrel O-line-wise. But Gunner Britton alone, I think, changes the outlook of this O-line. Him, Dylan Wade, Avery Jones, and they just got to fit in where you want to see. Isavion Miller, uh, Muskrat, if he's going to see the field. Uh, Tate Johnson and Jeremiah Wright as well. Uh, all Don't over. forget Jaleel Irvin. And Jaleel Irvin. I almost forgot about Jaleel Irvin. He was like a later pickup, wasn't he? Was he a transfer? No. Nope. Is he not a transfer? He's been at Auburn
1: for six years. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: Holy crap. Well, and just to – we started off the show talking about Camarion Franklin's deep – not decommitment commitment from Auburn, but commitment to Ole Miss, that other school over there in the state of Mississippi. Uh, but to look at other recruits that Auburn is looking at right now, uh, I, I don't think Camarion Franklin's going to be that huge of a loss if Auburn can pick up guys like LJ McCray, a four-star D lineman, I believe he's number 37 prospect in the class. You also have Zaquan Patterson, four-star safety. And, of course, you have – there's one guy that I am just blanking on, and I'm staring right at the screen, uh, looking at uh, Hoover, the Hoover linebacker, Bradley Shaw, Bradley yep. Shaw, and DeAndre Carter, all guys Auburn is really heavy on right now. And those four guys right there, if you – I did the math. If you pick up those four guys, Auburn gets the number six class of the country. Dang. And that's adding in the fact that if you can just – not let anyone else get commitments in this in that time period hmm. and if i'm not mistaken i believe deandre carter is going to be committing on september 3rd all right i believe that's right september 3rd yeah. deandre carter uh expecting a commitment from Kendrick Fox, little brother jj in a couple and i believe a couple of weeks and uh, we have not heard much about jim McCrayer, bradley shaw's commitment either but uh all guys that if i can pick up i mean this class is going to skyrocket and just again, just looking at just what he freezes done for Auburn's recruiting is outstanding. And the fact that Ole Miss is still at 24 and Auburn sits at 14 right now is very funny to me. And I love looking at it considering the uh, Ole Miss fans that have been talking about how they out recruited Auburn for something. Again, uh, considering the fact they think they out recruited us for Lane Kiffin, but either here or there. Uh and then you're looking at Yahoo Sports has announced Auburn as the number one team to bounce back in 2023. You fired the Potato Man, and then you go you go five and seven. Pick up some steam with Cadillac as interim head coach, and walks Hugh Freeze completely changed the culture of the team. And I think Auburn is probably a clear number one selection for that list.
1: Yeah. Um Nebraska, they're not really close yet. Um I had a few more teams in mind that just kind of could be on that list.
0: That... No, I was thinking uh, A was also on that list. I'm trying to pull it up. So I'm trying to. I, I was trying to find it earlier, and then I just kind of said, "Screw it." Oh, here it is. All right. So you got Boston College at two, uh, Cal at three, Colorado State at four, five is FAU, six is Kentucky, and I'm actually very high on Kentucky this year. I think Devin Leary is going to change them a lot. Seven, Louisiana Lafayette. Eight, Miami, another team that I'm sadly high on. Uh, I'm trying to convince myself otherwise of that. Uh, nine is Oklahoma, and ten is Texas A&M. So, Auburn is number one on that list, and I think it's, uh, outside of a couple of those teams, I, I think Oklahoma could very well fire their head coach of going into go, coming into the SEC. Uh, yeah, but, I think so. Uh, yeah, Auburn deserved, definitely deserves to be on that list. And some other news to go about with Auburn football. Uh, they have announced that nineteen, the 1983 teams, 1990, 1993 team, and the 2013 team will all be honored at three home games 83 being Georgia, 93 being Ole Miss, and 13 being Alabama, which is hilarious considering how that 2013 team beat Alabama that year. So. Yeah. And '93 is gonna be a sad one because that team should have went to the national championship, but some NCAA stuff uh, investigations were going on. So, yeah, that sucks. Uh, and '83, that's gonna be, I believe, Bo Jackson. I believe, yeah, that'll be a Bo Jackson game uh, that, and that he'll be in attendance for. Even though I think Bo's in attendance for every game, but he'll be on the field for that one in the middle, getting represented for the '83 season. And just lastly, for football, Walker White uh Auburn's number 1 quarterback from the class of 2024 their huge target the guy who's been recruiting nonstop to bring other guys to the team as well uh he had a five touchdown half in a scrimmage versus another Arkansas high school powerhouse uh and the throws he were making were enough to kind of make me a little hyped up for what we all what we can see from him in 2025 uh, oh. I think he just needs a year. He just needs a year to develop under he Freeze and chef's kiss. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. And the touch he already has on the pass. I mean, he was, he was throwing perfect passes over guys. And from what I've been hearing this school, uh, that's the same school that Bray, Braylon Williams goes to the Arkansas running back commit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, just watching those beautiful passes uh, were enough to make the grown man cry. <laughs> because he is going to be a stud uh, whenever he gets to the plains. But with that, next, stay tuned to the next show where you're going to get a very boring preview. We continue our game by game preview series uh, with New Mexico State. And just to go through the standings of it all, me and Tar are at eight and two going to New Mexico State. Daniel, you are sitting at six and four going into New Mexico State. And Colin is sitting at seven and three. All of which, ball-eligible teams. Uh, and I believe we're all going to add at least one more win to our uh, to our uh, resumes there. And I think Tar actually is going to be bringing on a guest to talk, uh, to talk New Mexico State with us. So that's nice. going to be a lot of fun. I love it. But with that, Daniel, how you feeling, buddy?
1: You know, um, syllabus week is out of the way. Had some fun last night. So today, I'm
0: feeling a little loopy. Feeling a loopy. Well, if you can see, I am also wearing my Feeling Loopy shirt. Kind of represents how I'm feeling right now. And if you at home listen in your car or on your couch or wherever you listen to the show, you can also get your own Feeling Loopy t-shirt. All you have to do is scroll down to the link in the description and click that warreport.com. And you can get your own Feeling Loopy shirt today. It's only $25, but believe me when I say it's the best $25 you will ever spend on a t-shirt. It's comfy. I love it. My girlfriend wears it all the time. It's just so freaking comfortable that I wash it at least twice a week. I just, I can't not wear this shirt. It's beautiful. It's got our logo on the, on the neckline. It's got the beautiful font that Ike made for us feeling loopy. And of course, it's got that beautiful TWR Podcast Network logo on the sleeve. And everything about it is gorgeous. Go buy it. I highly recommend it. And I'm not just saying that. Because it's got my show logo on it. But I genuinely love this shirt. And Daniel, I know you love yours too, right?
1: It's great. Um, I wear it all the time. It's, it's actually in the dirty clothes right now. Ready, ready to be washed. So I'll be wearing that again
0: soon. But again, yep. Yeah, bring yourself to thewarreport.com. Go to the shop. Get your all-feeling loopy shirt today. And Daniel, let's talk about some hoops going on. We got another... Never too early. It's not really a news thing. It's more something I saw on Twitter. But Cheney Johnson. I don't know if you saw. Did you see that video? I saw the video. Cheney Johnson, the UAH transfer, has maxed out the vertical jump. Which, I mean, what's the what's the height on a on a what's the max height on a vertical jump? I'm trying to remember. I've got no clue. But it is well over the rim. Yeah. Like I'm expecting. He might have better hops than Devin Cambridge. He might. Let's see. Max vertical jump height. Let's see. If I can pull it up quickly, that'd be great. Uh, it's at least—I don't want to say 40 inches, but I'm trying to just find that anywhere because, holy crap, dude! Cheney Johnson. I've been very high on him ever since uh, he got here, and Auburn fans got Auburn got a lot of slack—or not slack, flack—for the fact that. They picked one of their huge transfer pickups that we got was from a FCS team or D two D two team. But dude, Cheney Johnson, I've just heard nothing but raving reviews about what he can do. I think he's gonna end up being the he's gonna start at the three for sure. I think so, because the way a dude who can jump that high should not also be able to shoot the three like he does, like that's that's unfair. And I don't know how he flew under the radar like he did. I don't know either. And I'm just eagerly waiting for Auburn basketball to start up both men's and women's basketball. Because I'm really yeah. excited for both of those sports going into the 2020, end of 2023, but start of 2024. Uh, and lastly, to wrap up the show, <laughs> baseball. Edward Julian on Wednesday. We actually missed this when it happened. Edward Julian had a four hit game versus Detroit Tigers. His first ever of his MLB career. And I believe he had a two two RBI one run. And I remember, I think that's all that was on that, but yeah, four hits for Edward Julian continuing his outstanding tear of the MLB and just showing that Auburn is baseball. You sure is. (laughs) And just last bit of news, just other Auburn sports. Uh, Volleyball is going to be starting their season off very soon. They got one more. They're doing as we're recording this. So yesterday as we're recording this here, Still, I believe in the second set of their game against Georgia State because they're in Atlanta, I believe. If I remember that correctly, Georgia Tech. So, see Tech takes set three. So, play two more sets. So, they're about to go to five sets in Atlanta right now. But Auburn volleyball, the game, the matches are free. Just go to Neville Arena and go sit down and watch some watch some volleyball. I mean, volleyball is a fun sport to watch if you really yeah. enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, go support volleyball. Go support all the other sports Auburn has. Hockey just got done with their uh, tryouts, I believe, or day one of their tryouts. So their Very first, nice. uh, their first uh, tryouts as a D one, D one in air quotes. If you could not hear the air quotes, uh, D one season as well. But yeah, Daniel, let everybody know they can love you, find you, and support you. You
1: can follow me on Twitter. Man, one day I'm going to get that right on the first try. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter at Daniel J. Lock, or you can follow my written work for 1819 News, for Auburn Daily, or for Braves Today, two Sports Illustrated Foundation properties covering the Atlanta Braves and or Auburn Tigers and Atlanta Braves, respectively. A lot of Auburn fans are Braves fans, so got to tap into that crossover
0: market. Well, a lot. Not me. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Dodgers fan uh it's backwards there we go there we go the mirror does not really help my case uh but yeah with that i'm dylan lark at you will the tank on twitter or x whatever you type into your browsers or whatever your app says uh you can just go right there at you will the tank at y-a-b-o-i the tank and if you want to catch the college loop literally everywhere you got us on twitter slash x i'm just gonna i got you got to do both because everyone has different opinions on how they feel about the rebrand facebook instagram tiktok where you can see colin's tiktok dance whenever he records it uh we just got to get him sat down in one place to do it and if you want to listen to the show of course you have us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music pretty much everywhere you get your podcast and of course you have us right here on youtube or you can like, comment, and subscribe, leave some comments, and some hot takes for the season. What do you think Peyton Thorne's stat line is going to look like in 2023? And leave us some three article Thursdays as well, because we love featuring those on the show. La- I think last time Tara was on the show, we got all of y'all together, let y'all put your comments up on the screen. It was a lot of fun. Y'all had a lot of good takes, a lot of bad takes, a lot of funny comments as well. But again, with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.